0: Hey, what's up guys? Welcome to the Casual Truth Podcast. Before I introduce you to our next guest, I want to take a moment to tell you what this is all about. I started this podcast at the beginning of the COVID pandemic at a time when I realized that I wanted to change my life. I wanted to focus on me and what makes me happy. And what makes me happy is connecting with people in a way I never had before. I wanted to explore new worlds. I wanted to hear different perspectives and I really wanted to unapologetically explore my curiosity, and that's exactly what I'm doing. Detroit is a special place, and it has a ton of talent and a lot of interesting people, and it's those people that I'm connecting with. This podcast is just an expression of who I am, and the podcast is just a vehicle. This week on The Casual Truth, I spoke with the talented and beautiful Jasmine James. Jasmine is a classically trained cellist from Interlochen, and what you hear in the background is her rendition of Something by The Beatles. Jasmine has an easygoing, positive vibe about her, and it was great having her on the show. Um, I loved hearing about her passion as well as her perspective of Detroit. I hope you enjoy our talk, and without further ado, here's Jasmine. Jasmine James, thanks for coming on. I really appreciate it.
1: Oh, it's a pleasure, Ken. This is my second podcast Ooh, ever. Okay. Um, the first one, not my favorite, but I'm I'm feeling far more optimistic about this one. Okay, good. You got the,
0: the spiderwebs out the <laughs> yes, first time, right? Yes.
1: So I'm, I'm really happy to be here to speak with you.
0: Oh, thank you so much. I must say, your hair looks very elegant today.
1: Thank you very, (laughs) very much. Me and my stylist team worked on it endlessly for hours. (laughs) Stylist team being me, (laughs) myself, and I.
0: Well, I look at your Instagram, and you have so many awesome photos of your hair. I'm like, man, she's coming with it. (laughs)
1: For sure. I mean, my hair is such a huge part of my identity. It's always been big. It's always been loud. My grandmother would always say, I like it when you wear it big. I say, well, Grammy... I'm 20 years old now. Grammy, I'm 25 years old. But you remind me of that little girl with the big curly hair. So it's always been a part of my identity to be big and to be loud with it and to really express kind of a little bit of who I am through the roots that grow from my head.
0: That's great, yeah. and I'm very jealous because I'm bald, right? I <laughs> That's <love it>. okay. <laughs> I lost my hair early, so my identity isn't my bald head. I don't even remember what I look like with that, hair. That is okay. But I love it. I love Thank it that you. you go big and loud. so yes. what, So Grandma prefers big.
1: Yes, Grandma prefers big, big and bold, big. What is it? Um, big, blonde and beautiful. Only it's big and black and beautiful.
0: <laughs> so yeah. Awesome. So. Getting right into what you've been doing, so you're this this uh, Detroit jazz cellist. Uh, I love what you're doing. I, I love following you. You know, seeing the stories that you're throwing out. Um, looking at your background. I saw that you went to Interlochen. Yes. That's crazy because yes. that's the like the second most prestigious arts academy in it, the nation.
1: It sure is. I, um, I've actually, my whole life has been spent in and around Interlochen. Uh, my mother attended Interlochen. My mother also played the cello uh, uh. from a very young age. So she attended for summer camp when it was not even called Interlochen. It was, you know, the national camp of whatever it was formally named uh, once the organization started started but my mother went there I went there for junior camp when I was eight for eight weeks okay eight when you're you know eight weeks that's a long time just for cello study and then I went back for junior and then high school years both four weeks and then I followed that up with the academy which is high school so I've done several summers at Interlochen as well as the schooling damn Um, so So you're royalty (laughs) Oh, uh, yeah. I, I suppose you could call it royalty. Um, but I've spent a lot of time in Traverse City. That's for sure. Yeah, I think in... that's something that surprises people a lot. Why? Is, well, what's this What's this young African-American girl doing up in Traverse City, you know, yeah. in, in the dunes with all the snow and the cherries? But yeah, I've, I've spent lots of time there um, meeting new friends. I mean, I have friends from Korea. I have friends from Alaska. I have friends from all over the world that I wouldn't have met if it weren't for attending the summer camp as well as the school. So,
0: damn, yeah, you know that—that's something. That's that's an interesting comment because it is very Caucasian up there, right? There's a lot of. there's a lot of money up there. Oh, there's yeah. a lot of, you know, summer vacation homes. Mm-hmm. But man, is it a gorgeous area. It is. I love the sand dunes. The dunes. If people haven't been to mm-hmm. that area. Oh, yeah. Just incredible. I realize it's not just about Traverse City, but it's about right. that whole Leelanau Peninsula. Mm-hmm. You know, there's big wine culture up there yep. now.
1: Cadillac. Um, I had a friend who lived in Cadillac, so I spent a lot of time there as well. Um, where else was it? Goodness, just north of Cadillac I don't recall the name but yeah that Big region. Rapids Yeah Big Rapids all of it Okay. So, yeah. so tell me about that
0: experience though. So you go in there you're spending, you know, extensive weeks there, you're doing your training. Mm-hmm. Was it was it like hardcore boot camp or was it more welcoming and warm and collaborative?
1: That's a really great question. If I can be completely honest, it was different from where I came from. And where I started was in Flint, Michigan, at the Flint Institute of Music, um, in which I studied there for many years, but kind of got to a point where I knew I needed further study from instructors who were, you know, alumna of Juilliard, of Peabody, of places like this, these reputable music schools that I needed to be up under, You know, I needed to learn from them. I needed to study. And Interlochen really provided that space. Um, It was very rigorous in the music sense, but also the academic sense as well. Um, And coming from Detroit Public Schools, Flint Public Schools to Interlochen was a bit of a shock, if I can be completely honest. But it was the push that I needed in my musical career as well as my general education career that I think really, really set me aside you know and really not set me aside but kind of put me on top if I can be quite truthful um if it weren't for those interlocking experiences not to say that staying here in Detroit and going to public school would have been bad but I consider myself extremely fortunate playing with some of the greats for example um at interlocking during camp and during the school year uh goodness his name just left my mind um
0: Wonder what it was about Interlock and being in the place that it's at, because it's it's kind of off the beaten path, you it's know. In the it's, the not of right? <laughs> it's not off 75. It's
1: not off 75. For example, I didn't get my license until I was 23 because there was nowhere to drive. No Where way. would we go? You know, we didn't Whoa. drive cars. We stayed on campus every day, all day. We got to go to the mall once a week, but generally we were studying our courses and playing an orchestra and. Performing and doing everything you would do in college, but in high school.
0: Damn! What an upbringing. That's intense. Oh yeah. So obviously you got it from your mother. I wanted to ask you. You know, why did you decide to pick up the cello? Did you did you find it on your own? Uh, You know, did you get a nudge from your parents or your grandmother? And why did you choose cello? Why didn't you choose any of the string instruments? There's so many of them.
1: For sure, I love this question (laughs) (laughs) because it's it's actually kind of funny. My grandmother needed daycare. For me, at the time, my grandmother raised me. You'll hear me speak a lot on her because she's my heart. But I was going
0: to ask you about yeah, her. Yeah, she is. She's, she's my, my heart. She
1: raised me. I love her to death. Um, but she needed daycare, so she saw this sign in Flint, and it said uh, "Summer Fun with Strings." And she said, "Oh, Jasmine's going to Summer Fun with Strings." Her mother did it. Makes sense, right? So I get into this string program for the summer, and they say, "Who wants to play the cello?" Me. You know, my hand shoots straight up. That's what my mother played, and that—that's how it happened. It wasn't necessarily that I was forced into it. Oh, your mother did it. You have to do it. It was just—it felt kind of natural. Pick the cello and and run with it. Really is what is truthfully what happened. It stuck
0: very very well. But also, if you're hearing your mom play that type of music, I would imagine hearing that cello playing it yourself kind of feels like home in a sense, right? It does.
1: It really does. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Wow. Good old like summer that. camp, right? <laughs> yeah. Music summer camp. I mean. Were you one of those annoying people talking about summer camp all the time? Yes. At band camp?
1: Yes. Yes. And <laughs> <laughs> that is me. I cannot tell you a summer in, ever that I didn't go to camp. Now, when I say camp, I mean Vermont at a ski lodge doing a music intensive or Chicago for a university intensive or Massachusetts to study with specific cello instructors so I've always been to summer camp
0: what an incredible upbringing every single summer yeah you know I saw this this uh this documentary during quarantine about Miles Davis and Mm. you know thinking about jazz leading up to this conversation I was thinking about uh you know Miles Davis when he went to Juilliard right and I think he actually hated it Mm. but it was really cool to see Miles Davis go to you know Juilliard amazing school i mean that's number one if i'm not oh yeah i'm not mistaken right
1: near right on park
0: and uh i don't think he liked it so in new york like at nighttime he would go out and he would look for charlie parker Mm -hmm. and he would play along all like 52nd avenue with all all the the jazz clubs and i just thought that was so so neat
1: Yep, that's where he came to life Right. Yeah. Yeah. I love it.
0: Absolutely. So, can you play all those string instruments? Is there a foundation for? I could play cello, so I could play stand-up bass, and I can play violin, maybe. Or is there much? They're much all
1: so different. different right? um, I play the cello as my primary instrument, but I also teach the violin. Um, really? I am. I'm fluent on violin. Uh, I've played for maybe about seven years Mm -hmm. I mean the cello has far lapped that time but cello violin and piano are what I'm comfortable with (laughs) but do not hand me a guitar (laughs) I wouldn't know what to do with it um, yeah. So it's just really just those three instruments that I'm really comfortable with. Okay.
0: Yeah. You know, you mentioned Asian earlier and my wife is Asian American and, okay. uh, you know, the upbringing that she's familiar with, mm-hmm. uh, and that she has seen with some of her friends and some of her family is that they have a very intensive, rigorous expectation. I'm talking to parents of their children when it comes to, well, you know, Johnny's going to play sports, he's going to play soccer, or he's going to play water polo, and he's going to play two instruments. Right. So I, I think a lot of that, in a sense, is is, is lost in, in a lot of families, mm-hmm. you know, the, that music discipline really yes. isn't taught. Oh yeah. So kudos to you for knowing thank all that.
1: Thank you, thank you. It, it's been ingrained, you know, from a very young age. Um, and it's really all I know is that the music is the basis for me. And it's always been that way. And I feel that without it, I don't know where I'd be. I really don't know where I'd be because the music, I mean, you have a bad day. What do you do? Turn on the radio. Mm-hmm. You know, you need to get out that anger. Turn on Lady Gaga. Turn up, you know. So, <laughs> yeah, it, it's just in me. It's, it's always been there.
0: So you mentioned every summer you were traveling, you were doing these summer camps. Did you ever do any of the jazz circuits that were in Europe?
1: I did not. Nope. I've never, never done any of those. I, I do believe I know some friends who have, but not me personally.
0: I traveled a little bit after college, right? So maybe like 15, 18 years ago. Mm-hmm. And I did just like a standard uh, well-worn like backpacking tour that, you know, a lot of mm-hmm. people from around the, the country do. Um, you know, Western Europe and uh, it was during the summer and and I had this really cool jazz experience. I was I was coming from... Barcelona I hope this doesn't sound too pretentious no. but I was on a train from Barcelona going into the French Riviera right okay. and right at that border of Spain and France there's like a stop there I don't know if it was a customs check or mm-hmm. we were just changing trains I don't remember the details of it but I remember it was it was nothing of an area it was just the train station and on the other side of the tracks there was this steep cliff and and in between that, you know, where we were at at the platform and in that topography were these train tracks, and it was nighttime, and we were tired, and we got off, and it turned out that there was a bunch of other backpackers mm-hmm. that were on that train, and some of them were jazz musicians, mm. and we had maybe like a forty-five minute delay before we could board our next train, and so these jazz musicians pull out their instruments, nice. and there was this this uh, girl there, and I think she was singing scat. Is that okay. the name yeah. of it? Oh yeah. It was, amazing. it was, it was so impromptu oh, man. and it was so amazing. And it was, it was a highlight of my trip.
1: That's awesome. Those are the best. I mean, I've seen videos like that, you know, on Facebook where the choir breaks out on the plane and sings and it's like, yes, give it to me in the moment. You yeah, know? You,
0: you just, you don't. You don't see that yeah. very often. And what was cool is there was trains coming by really slow, mm-hmm. you know, from the opposite way, and you hear the train conductors hooting and hollering yeah, out the window, they nice. get a little toot toot, <laughs> you know, and I was like Very nice. Man, that is just awesome. I love it. Right. But uh I like jazz a lot because it I feel like it's more soulful. Yes. And at a more basic level, it just it gets into you.
1: For sure. I, I completely agree. Jazz wasn't always sure my name is jasmine but jazz Ah. wasn't always a part of my wheelhouse um my whole life my traditional learning was classical um so never was jazz really introduced in a hey this is how you do it you know Mm. if we speak on scales and arpeggios and bach and mozart and mendelssohn I can get with that, but jazz was never a part of that for me in my formative years, and it really kind of took me stepping out on my own to recognize, for one, that I was capable Of doing jazz. So you look at my instrument and you say, Well, how do you do that? How do you make that sound like an upright bass? How do you make it sound like the trumpets when they blare? You know, I wasn't aware that my instrument could do that. You know, so I really kind of had to come into that on my own and to see some other musicians who are stringed instrumentalists who do it as well. So it took some time for me to become comfortable because there, it's almost like there are no rules. Right. When you get into jazz and it feels very different, at least for me, um, in, it's different from classical.
0: Makes sense. Mm-hmm. I'm actually surprised that there it wasn't not synonymous, but almost taught side by side, because I understand in, in my monkey brain that, you know, <laughs> there's a hierarchy to be learned uh, right. uh, and a, a lot of nuance to be learned, mm-hmm. that structure. But also jazz is uh, improv, would you say?
1: Right. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, Improv,
0: hmm,
1: it was kind of something that we did for fun in my my earlier years in my lessons you know it's like hey let's just do a little improv for the last five minutes of our lesson meanwhile the rest of the lesson was doing extensive technique and different things with your left or your right hand and Mm -hmm. the last little bit was dedicated to being more flexible and being able to improv and play what you kind of want to play but that wasn't really the forefront of those lessons that I had
0: so you can tip your hat to that classical training that you Absolutely. have. But have you found that after your schooling that you've done, it's it's been a lot of unlearning, or has it been more reinforcement and refinement of what you've learned?
1: Definitely reinforcement. Um, without those initial steps, the initial baby steps, I wouldn't be able to merge into anything. Um, so definitely necessary to have those basics down before proceeding into something different
0: interesting yeah so i notice in in like today's music culture um it's trending more towards more and more towards electronic there's music festivals and in every state and every country uh Mm -hmm. you know rock and roll's on the decline and they've they've said for a long time that you know jazz as well is 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 dying oh yeah so i guess what i want to know is do you find it hard to connect with younger audiences with your music and moreover why is it important Mm. for people to learn what what some can consider a very old style of music
1: right great question um i actually teach a lot of really young students and while i'm very traditional in my teaching um specific methods. The Suzuki method, for example, is a very traditional form of learning classical music. I make sure that my students are in tune with that, but also in those other pockets of feeling free to express whatever it is you want to play on your instrument, such as jazz or improv. So incorporating it, I think, is what I've been doing over the past five years so that they recognize you can be more than just this soloist who... Who plays on the stage, solo Bach, you can be literally anything. You can incorporate those jazz foundations, of course, once you've learned your basics. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you can put that into the world. You can do you can literally do anything with those basics, but combining it in my teaching, I believe, is how I get people to still connect with it. Long story short.
2: No.
0: Yeah. That's, that's great. I yeah. like that. Do you find that in, in certain venues, uh, like like whether it be more classical or whether it be like a jazz club or even like a jazz auditorium, like that there's people that are more receptive to different frequencies, if you will, or, or different pieces, right?
1: Oh yeah, for sure. Um, I really try to get a feel for where I'm going, what I'm playing, who I'm playing for, you know, who's your audience. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I give them what they want, but sometimes you have to push that envelope, you know, and really say, kind of, hear me. This is what I'm producing. This is the type of music that feels good to my soul. Mm-hmm. So please feel it with me. You know, my goal ultimately when I play for someone is to make them smile. That's always been my goal, just a smile. You've received it. I've put it out there. Thank you for hearing me. Um, and... Yeah, I, I just I push the envelope. I do. I, I really want to be heard in what feels good to me.
0: I love that you're throwing it out there on Instagram. Yeah. I, I see your your stories and yeah. your posts of you playing.
2: Yeah.
0: And you're you're blasting that signal out and I appreciate that. And the way you describe it, it almost makes it sound like there's something metaphysical there. There's there's something about, you know, that tone and that frequency and those yes. vibrations that really resonate with yes. people. Yes, and,
1: and going even back to the headphones, having them on, the difference, right? Mm-hmm. Being able to feel the vibrations in the room versus through your jaw with the headphones on. Yeah, I'm super connected to the elements around me when I play. I prefer to play barefoot.
2: Wow. If I can, wow.
1: <laughs> I can feel it in my toes. So, wow. and I want you to feel it too when you when you hear it. You sure. know. So, where
0: do you where do you like to play? I mean, do you do you play outside? Do you um, uh, do you have certain pieces that are like your go tos that that just when you're alone with your instrument?
1: Yes, yes, I do. Um, I prefer to play barefoot in my dining room or living room. Um, but the pieces that I play just for fun to really feel to emote. Uh, would be the Swan by Szent, uh, Hungarian Rhapsody by David Popper. Now this is not the Hungarian Rhapsody that I think everyone thinks it is. <laughs> it's... Yeah, right, right. <laughs> yeah, you want Bohemian a... Rhapsody. <laughs> right. right, it's a Hungarian <laughs> Rhapsody by David Popper. That's another favorite of mine. Um, one of the pieces I'll be playing later for you. Something. Yes. Um, Can't wait. So yeah, I just I like to play feel good in my living room at full full blast (laughs) yeah and I don't really get outside to play often because the instruments would right so it's very sensitive to the cold air the dampness the humidity lack of humidity so I'm actually really particular where I take my instrument because it's very finicky um it'll lose its um it'll go out of tune quickly if I take it outside so um I usually stay indoors. What
0: do you play with? Yeah, that makes sense. Who? What do you play with? Oh, what? In terms of your cello.
1: That's a great question. So this cello, um, I'll just say it was made for me. It was made with me in mind. Um, I studied with a very notable cellist in the DSO one summer. Like I told you, my summers were crazy. What's the DSO? The Detroit Symphony Orchestra.
0: Oh, okay. I'm sorry. That's
1: okay. Um, So this cello was made for me uh, the summer of 2005. So just over 15 years ago, so I was a little baby, and um, the cello ended up turning out far more fantastic than was anticipated. Um, So long story short, I didn't have the cello for 15 years. It's actually come back to me as of about five years ago. Um, and it's mine now to play, which is fantastic.
0: I don't understand this progression of this story. So it was for made sure. for you or yes. with you in mind, but you didn't have it the whole time.
1: Yes. So if you think of hmm, perhaps a student such as myself who was on the up and up, but perhaps not, not prepared for that caliber of instrument at the oh, time. wow. Yes. Yes. Wow, that's cool. So without going into too many details there, um, I did not have it for several years. Um, and now I do. And that's wow. what's most important is that wow. I get to play on it now. And I feel that it was made for me. It's different than my other cello. I have another cello that's like my teaching cello, my everyday cello. But this one, it feels different. It's got a smooth, roundabout feel to it. And I think that's really fitting for where I am right now in mm-hmm. my music career. So I've been playing on that one uh, for eh, maybe about a year, solid, comfortably. But I've had it in my possession for many, many years.
0: That is a cool thought yeah. because it's like <laughs> yeah. you you almost just, yeah, weren't ready for yeah. it. And it's almost a responsibility yes. to take on that instrument. Mm-hmm. Wow.
1: And now it's back. And I'm I'm. Extremely extraordinarily grateful to have it I mean it's passed through several hands of other DSO musicians um and now it's here with me so Do you play every day every day, day. well eh, maybe not on Sunday yeah <laughs> <got you>. <laughs> but every other day I, I teach about three days a week so outside of that is either performances or practice so
0: so this is in your bones
1: uh, yes yeah
0: so let's let's go into that a little more. So, you know, when you play this music, I mean, what, what is, what does this do for you? I mean, it's, it seems like it's in a sense, almost your being.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, I've really been thinking about that a lot lately, especially through the pandemic and, you know, that it's changed us all, but what it does for me is it gives me a sense of joy knowing that, like I said, I made you smile. Um, (laughs) but that, Perhaps my playing has healing qualities, and I've been around a, been around a lot of um, senior citizens seeing as I you know, was raised by my grandmother. So I was constantly playing for them, and seeing that someone would say, Jasmine, I think my headache went away. Jasmine, my back feels better. Just play a little bit more. Knowing that the sound that I produce can heal someone's soul or to heal their body, it heals me. You know, it really makes me feel as if what I do in my community can really, really uplift whole communities. You know, not just one person at a time. It I feel like it's really it's really sat in with me that I can heal with my music, I believe. And I love 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 to help people. So the more I can do that in whatever capacity that ends up being is what i'm here for
0: so that's a mind-blowing thought yeah because in a sense it's almost like you're giving back
1: yes yeah
0: so how did COVID affect you
1: COVID has been where are we a year now it's been about a year right yeah um it started off pretty rough it did everything came to a full stop i had gigs lined up for april and it was just like oh my gosh april 2020 Um, everything came off the books. Everything was empty. I didn't have anywhere to go. I didn't have anywhere to be. I just had my students. I had all of my students. And for that, I'm so thankful. I think I had maybe eight at the time, eight eight, eight or nine. And I think I lost one, gained another one. So I've been pretty consistently teaching. Um, But as far as performances, gigs, they just came to a complete stop. But then something magical happened. Everyone went online, right? All of my friends, all of my musician friends who play the violin, a lot of girlfriends who play the violin, um, they all started recording from home. And I thought, oh, well, I guess I need to get on to that. So I realized that there's there's actually a market for that.
0: So this wasn't done before.
1: No, this was nothing I'd ever done before. I've done recordings plenty of times, but never send off a track, you know, for you to stitch with your track I'd never done anything like that so um, it's actually been kind of cool the past maybe five months I've been doing lots more recording in studio um, that get sent to local artists Um, I just did a recording for Zoe Nye she's local Mm -hmm. Uh, she's also um, I believe she's at Interlochen right now for high school yeah she's what does uh, she play she's a vocalist and she's finishing off her senior year. So I laid a couple tracks with her. So all in all, it it hit me hard at the very beginning, but I'm starting to see the flowers start to bloom again and that there really is work to be done, music to be recorded and performances and small venues to be done. So things are picking up.
0: As a follow-up question to that, do you find there to be like a a bit of a disconnect though when you're by yourself recording sending it out as opposed to playing in the same room with somebody because there is an energy there right
1: oh yeah at first it felt like i don't know kind of you feel naked when you don't have your people around you at first I, i really felt that hard um and you kinda of have to relearn almost how you play because you you don't have those vibrations of other people around you, right? You're not hearing their intonation and hearing their intonation, it's just you, it's raw mm. and there's no energy except the energy you create. So yeah. that 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 was rough um but now that we've kind of started coming back together you know everyone's wearing a mask people are getting vaccinated we can get a little closer I can feel those vibrations again Mm -hmm. and it's kind of stimulated me a little bit so that's great yeah
0: I think family has has been a a great thing for me yeah in in during COVID Mm -hmm. I think you know uh having my significant other was very important. I come from a big family and you know, you have, you have your husband who's here in the studio Mm -hmm. today. Um, Yeah. I think uh, I'm, I'm just reflecting here. I'm just thinking how it's interesting that in times of trauma, uh, fear that we come together with the people we love Mm -hmm. and There's certain things that soothe us. Oh, yeah. If it's not family, it's music. Mm -hmm. Like you said earlier, if you're having a hard day, what do Mm -hmm. you do? You play music, you listen to music.
2: Yeah. So
0: I I think it's interesting that you also said, not interesting, it's it's sad that you lost a lot of gigs. And I've thought a few times during this whole period of time how, you know, people that have had a lot of momentum. Mm Mm-hmm lost a lot yes. and not just in music maybe comedy maybe oh, yeah. acting you know yeah. people are on the up and now they have to start all over again mm-hmm.
2: oh yeah
0: yeah yeah so that's great though that you still had your students yeah and you know it's it's good having that sense of purpose you oh, know yes. oh yeah and I would imagine working with children has got to be fun because they're just a blank slate, right?
1: Oh, yeah. It's it's great. I The youngest I've taught is five, and right. I believe the oldest I've taught is 65. So it's a very large spectrum there, but currently it's just uh, mostly young students that I'm teaching, and they've really helped considerably. I mean, I see them. I see what they're going through, so I have to— I have to be the teacher to perk them up to let's get the music going let's you know let's stand up let's dance like this is music class this is your cello lesson this is your violin lesson let's have a good time i'm sorry you've been sitting in front of zoom all day but let's yeah. make this fun yeah you know let's let's be so about have you taught it. for a while
0: now
1: yeah yep i've been teaching for maybe about six years yeah. awesome yeah awesome. about six years and
0: it fills your cup doing that Oh, yeah, absolutely. get the excitement from the kids.
1: Yes, yes. Again, I feel like teaching has kind of been part of who I am since the start. My grandmother is um, the Dr. Carolyn Campbell. Um, She teaches at Wayne State. So it's just in my blood to kind of continue with the teaching, but in a musical aspect. So...
0: That's awesome. Yeah. So tell me about your relationship with your grandmother. I see that you guys have even traveled oh, you know, yeah. internationally.
1: Yes, me and my grandmother. We went to Amsterdam for my 25th birthday.
0: Did <laughs> you smoke weed with grandma? No. Oh, my
1: goodness. <laughs> no, no. Well,
0: shoot. I wonder Amsterdam what would have happened. Amsterdam is <laughs> so much more than that. It, it, was it kind is. kind of an ignorance thing to say. That's I mean, okay. There's some
1: That's okay. That is Amazing people right.
0: there, amazing museums. Oh,
1: yeah. We, we saw the... Um, the Reich. I mean, we, we've gone everywhere in and through Amsterdam. We just didn't take the train to Brussels, which I regret. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we went for my 25th birthday and, uh, I told her, I said, Hey, I'm going to go to Amsterdam. And she said, okay, I'll come with you. Um, but she has been the foundation for my music as well as my education, um, as well as why I like to teach my students as well. She's, uh, now, uh, a university professor, like I said, at Wayne State, where she teaches anthropology, sociology, black family. So that's her 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 realm of work. Wow. Um, and it's really rubbed off on me, not in the uh, economic, social position that she takes, but in music. So,
0: wow, you're very fortunate. Yes. To have somebody like that in oh, your yes. life. Oh, yeah, Somebody that can teach you a lot of things mm-hmm. and lead by example. Mm-hmm. Wow. Oh, yeah. Wow. That is cool.
1: Yeah.
0: So where else have you traveled?
1: Mm, I have been to Rome. All right. uh, I did study abroad there. So I was there for quite a while. Um, do as the Romans do, right? <laughs> um, so I was there for study abroad, um, even though I don't think we got a lot of studying done. This was actually through Western that I did the study abroad. Um, I've also been to London, Repton, Yorkshire, Huddersfield, Um, And that was for music. Now, that was when I was performing with the Flynn Institute of Music. Um, And it's kind of like, what do you call it? Um, When someone comes from across the pond and then you go, uh, what is that?
0: Sister Cities? No. Um, student Uh,
1: exchange, student exchange. Yeah. Yeah. Exchange students. That's what it is. I was kind of like part of one of those programs. So I was over there.
0: Two words. Sounds like. (laughs) Right.
1: (laughs) So, um, did that for a couple weeks. London, um, performed with the London youth symphony, which was awesome. Um,
0: how do you tap into that? You just, you send out like a, a, not a letter, but like an email, like, Hey, you know,
1: can George I come Jasmine over? <laughs> James, this
0: is my, re, my CV or whatever. You well, know?
1: since it was an organization, the Flynn Institute of Music, mm-hmm. um, as a whole, we were in orchestra and went over together. And okay. then their orchestra came to America. It was really cool. Yeah. yeah. So I was just part of the program that did that. So Okay. Yeah.
0: Very cool. Yeah. And of course, I a like lot of that.
1: places around the States, but um, I've taken my husband to Amsterdam as well and... Uh, a few surrounding cities in Italy but yeah
0: yeah I've traveled a little bit myself I I loved Italy myself uh, Amsterdam was fun I mm-hmm. didn't get to spend too much time there um there's a a funny movie out there that I I really like old movie it's uh it's called The Talented Mr Ripley with uh, Matt Damon and and Jude Law and it oh. was the whole setting was just in Italy like 1950s, 60s, and there was, uh nice. you know, there's weird, twisted, convoluted movie, but there was a lot of that jazz theme in there. Oh, yeah. going out to like these like late night clubs and seeing oh, yeah. great musicians. Wait,
1: and it's called what? No, uh, I'm interested. The
0: Talented Mr. Ripley. Okay, I'm Ripley. surprised. You okay, seen no, you I gotta haven't. Check it out. No. And so, um I think that would be like the heyday for travel for me. I would love to go at a time like that because. Oh, yeah that was really the type of music was, was that jazz scene, right? Mm-hmm. There were, I would say there, were, there was no rock and roll. You yeah. know what I mean? I don't, there No R and B. Right. So yeah. I think that would be a lot of fun to kind of, you know, teleport and go back in time to, to that time. To
1: experience that as they did. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. So I was, I was talking to you before we started recording and we were talking about Instagram and mm-hmm. we were talking, you know, about our communications back and forth. And I had made the comment that I noticed that you just, you as a person, you you have this positive vibe about you. you. You have you have this vibrancy about you, right? Thank you. And I didn't even talk to you on the phone. You know, we just talked through email mm-hmm. and, and through Instagram. But like looking at your posts, it's interesting how you can get a feel for who that person is, yeah. where they've been, what their relationships are. And what I want to know is, you're this you're this musician, right? Mm-hmm. And you've done this for your entire life, I would say. Mm-hmm. But who is Jasmine James outside of that music? Where does that vibrancy come from? Because the way I see it is the cello is just an expression of who you
1: are, yes. but
0: it's not who you are. Yes. So, where does that passion and that vibrancy come from when it comes to you?
1: For sure. Well, I am the oldest of eight. I have a firm belief that I'm the uh, second
0: youngest of eight. Are you the
1: second youngest of eight? Yeah. Wow. Total, totally the opposite. (laughs) Right. Totally the opposite. Um, What really, what really drives me is my community. And that's really where I feel I sink my feet And you know, playing the cello is great, but making connections with people as you stated earlier, talking to strangers, you know, getting to know people, what are they about? Where did you grow up? What what fuels your passion? That's the type of person I feel I am. I wanna get to know people on deeper levels. I wanna be able to connect with them. And the cello is just a tool that really helps me do that. And I'm so fortunate that I went to that summer camp. Yeah, but you had that tool. And And it's a
0: universal tool.
1: Yes, it is. So really just being able to heal as much as much of the world around me as I can, <laughs> through whether it's speaking or playing my cello or being an older sibling of eight, you know. Um, but putting in the work, like that's that's just me. Just get it done, show your best foot, and and do it.
0: That's beautiful. I, I don't know if
1: that answers your question. It
0: absolutely <laughs> answers my question because that's your. I mean, it says a lot about you. It says, you know, you're loving, you're compassionate, you care about the people around you, even if you don't know them. Yeah. You see, uh, you know... Purpose, yeah. Yes, yes. Like
1: the mail lady. I used to play for the mail lady when I was like seven. What? Like, come on in. I "I got a job to
0: do. (laughs) Who is this
1: person in my house? Oh, it's just the postal lady. I just want to play this really quickly. You you have
0: like a neighborhood concert. Oh yeah,
1: that was not (laughs) abnormal for me at all. I'd make programs and everything. Oh yeah, I'd make little programs. Come watch me play. You know, do a little something. something.
0: So, uh, this kind of leads into a question that I, I ask all my guests really. And I, I believe in the healing power of music and maybe not healing as much as a, a connection. Right. Mm-hmm. And I realize, uh, with, with concerts, you you know, or, or any type of venue, you know, you could, you could be with a bunch of strangers of all different walks of life and, and feel unity there. Yes. Right. So, um, my question to you is really what what touches your soul now? What are what are you listening to? Mm. What are some of your favorites?
1: Yeah. What's really touching my soul? Two two heavy hitters for me. This is almost every morning during yoga, every morning yoga, <laughs> for like the past right, 3 right. months. George Benson and Emily King. They speak to my soul in a way that I haven't felt, I feel. We'll just say all pandemic. But when I started listening to them in tandem a couple months ago, um, there's one song that Emily King uh, sings. It's radio. It's called Radio. And she says, you know, if if I ever die, can you please just turn the radio on? And I was like, wow. Wow. You know, that really, really sat with me and it's still sitting with me and it's been several months but the flow of her voice and yes she's a, a vocalist I don't always listen to other stringed instrumentalists but uh, her voice is so soothing to me it brings me to a place of concentration of centering my mind um, and then George Benson he can just, he can he can jam What does he play? He plays the guitar sorry okay. I didn't say that, uh, he's a no, jazz okay. guitarist this is and, um, and he did a I suppose you could call it an album of covers of the Beatles. George Benson, um, you'll see it if you look it up, but he does all of these various Beatle covers and mashes, and that just takes me back to my my early, early years of elementary school where we'd sit in circles and sing, we all live in a yellow submarine, (laughs) a yellow submarine. So to have that brought back to me however many years later in this jazz guitar string album is just fire. Yeah. I love it. I yeah. love it so much. I listen to it every day. I'm going to listen yeah. to it after this. Please,
2: I please do. I, yeah, okay. You'll love it.
0: All right.
1: Yeah.
0: Hell yeah. So my second and last question to you is about Detroit. And I'm excited to hear your answer on this. Um, we're all... We're all part of this greater network of Detroit and um whether we're in the suburbs, whether we're downtown, we're all kind of this larger whole and it all has different meaning for all of us. Mm-hmm. So you're you're down there now, you're you know, your your passion is the community and, and you know, your music clearly. Teaching. Um, but but what deeper meaning does Detroit have for you?
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, As I mentioned, come back to my grandmother every time she's this is her city and she's spoken to me about all of the things that have happened in this city. So I really kind of stem my answer from her.
0: Sounds crazy. I kind of want to meet your grandmother.
1: I think you should. I think everyone should meet Dr. Campbell. (laughs) Um, But Detroit to me is Black Bottom. Detroit is the riots. Detroit is everybody. Right? We have Detroit versus everybody, but we are everybody. I believe that what we have in our suburbs, what we have in the small communities within the city, the focus of our people in the city, I believe, is oneness. And I circle back to community again, but it is all that we've suffered through. From the 40s until now, we can even go back further than that. But Detroit is a sense of oneness, community, struggle. And I think the future. I do. I really see that the future in Detroit will be something so great. I don't think it ever left. I never thought Detroit left. I don't know where that came from, but it's always been here. will always be here. And it means so much to me that... Though I've lived in many other places, many, many other places, Detroit has always been where I'll come back. Always. Every time. So Detroit is everything.
0: That was an incredible answer. I've asked a lot of people that question, and that was hands down the best.
1: Thank you. Thank you. It means a lot to me to be here. It does.
0: Wow. Well, why don't we... uh why don't we wrap up there?
1: All right.
0: You're gonna play some music, yes, right? Yes, I sure will. I'm really looking forward to this. Um, thank you. Oh, it was Thank a you for pleasure. coming here.
1: Thank you for listening. Entertaining
0: my questions. Yes. I'm very, very excited to hear you play. And thank so you. we'll uh, we'll wrap this up and we'll we'll set up. Awesome.
1: So, all right. Jasmine Let's James, get to real
0: it. quick. Where can we find you?
1: Yes, you can find me on the Instagram at JazzCello, J-A-Z-Z underscore C-E-L-L-O. I'm very friendly, so you can definitely send me a message. Um, as you know, Ken, yep, yep. <laughs> I will respond. Just don't be a creep. <laughs> Just don't be a creep. <laughs> um, but yes, you can you can find me on Instagram. Um, I'm also available via email. That is Cello at gmail.com.
0: Thank you, Jasmine. Thank you. Bye, everyone.
2: Thank mm-hmm. you.